Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. This is your announcer, Neil Patrick Harris. Welcome to the original theme park podcast, CoasterRadio.com. Here are your hosts, my close personal friends, Mike Collins and E.B. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the original theme park podcast. You are listening to CoasterRadio.com. My name is Mike. I'm here with my friend E.B., ready to talk once again about our favorite topic, theme parks and thrill rides. In the second half of the show, we're going to be talking about Cedar Point and the new season and some changes that are coming up. But, Mike, shall we just get into it here? We should with our first drop. We do have an interesting first drop this week, and I'm excited to talk with you about this because I really want to get into whether this particular IP has legs. And, of course, I'm talking about Avatar, which right now, Avatar... The Way of Water is the third highest grossing film ever at 2.2, almost $2.3 billion. Okay. Um, Avatar, the first one, is sitting at top at $2.9 billion. Um, And if you're curious, Avengers Endgame is the one that's in between there at 2.7, almost $2.8 billion. so, So here you have like two of the top three highest grossing films of all time uh, being from the Avatar series. And... It's. I guess it's why there's rumor now, or maybe it's not even rumor. It actually I, was James Cameron part, confirmed it. I feel like, yeah, right. Well, it, it was in a D twenty three article uh, that basically said there's going to be some type of Avatar slash Pandora experience coming to Disneyland, and they're saying it's going to be as amazing as what is found at Walt Disney World in terms of the experience. Yes, here's the uh, the the Bob Iger. If you've had a chance to experience Pandora, the world of Avatar, Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park, you have a pretty good idea of what Imagineers are capable of. Yes. Right. So, yeah, we're implying that something is coming to Disneyland. Is is this going to be the gate that we had talked about? The uh, that was that they were going to do across the road there. Is that there's what this is going to be? There's a lot of different conjecture happening right now. And that's that's very interesting because <clears throat> people were trying to say, where do you put an avatar experience. And some people said, yeah, is it the one that's across the road where they actually put it on the parking lot that was there for downtown Disney? Mm-hmm. Uh, because now, you know, they, they don't need that necessarily. They're going to use the parking decks that they've already built. So there's this big plot of land where the parking lot used to be. Do they put some, they remember they were talking about some type of like a uh, micro park there uh, that would actually, you could link and go across the, road maybe even would link from disneyland to this why area. not charge another hundred bucks for it right don't include it on as either california adventure or disneyland make it be its own thing even though it's going to be small yeah 
right? A, a little Pandora land, you know, where you've got the same rides. You still do the, the river ride. You still do the uh, flight of passage. Maybe, or maybe it's its own thing. Maybe they've got some other type of well, attraction. Well, or maybe or, you, you do know. what what Universal's been doing a lot more of it, and just like in um, Harry Potter and now the Super Mario Land, maybe you add some interactivity, right? You get some sort of like mech armband thing that activates a bunch of, I don't know, moss or, <laughs> or something. <laughs> sure, sure. Right? Yeah. It makes the funguses wiggle. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything <laughs> about Avatar. Let's get, let's get back to the whole thing about does Avatar have legs? Is Avatar a good IP? I got to tell you, you, you said Endgame and Star Wars were up at the top. And I remember back Titanic, right? Any of these big, big movies that were like big phenomenons. I remember it was a topic of conversation. Yes. Everywhere yes. I went, right? Like with yes. my sisters or my friends or, you know, just coworkers at work. And I would sit around the lunch table and we debate and discuss, what do you think the next movie is going to be? Oh my gosh, did you see it? Oh, you didn't see it. Oh, you're going to go crazy. I promise you, I am not lying. I did not have a single personal interaction with anyone about Avatar. I know. And, and that that is exactly what I wanted to talk with you about, man, because uh, it's so funny that you know, here Disney is like doubling down on this if they are going to do a major Avatar thing. at Dis- And maybe it's not. Maybe when they say it's going to be an Avatar experience, maybe it's like, hey, go into a movie theater and see some Avatar 4D it's, or whatever on the yeah, screen. We're going to put those, the, the Navi on the cups of the Dolby. Yes, right? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, but they're making it sound like it's going to be something like, hey, when you know what the Imagineers can do. Way do you see what we're going to do at Disneyland? So, yeah, maybe we're talking about something big. But Avatar, just I agree with you, man. It is not in the public lexicon. Are we outside of popular culture? Do we not know what people like anymore? Or are we too cool and Avatar is mainstream and basic? It's what I was going to ask you and I ask all of the listeners right now. Because take a look at just the other top 10 movies of all time. You've got Avengers You've got Lion King, Jurassic Park, Spider-Man. I mean, these are all characters and IPs, right, that have I life mean, beyond yeah. the movie. And I can quote the, all those movies, right? I've seen those movies many times, all of those that you just listed. Yeah. Right? I saw Avatar once in the theater and had no interest in seeing the sequel. Oh, and, I haven't and, seen it. Yeah. I, I want to go. Am I wrong or is it everyone else that's wrong? I don't know. I, that's what I don't know. And I, I'm not sure if it's just like. Me and you, or is it is it the whole world? And that's why I'm just surprised that like every they're going in on Avatar because like are they thinking? And here's the other thing: James Cameron has come out and said Avatar three is going to link to the Avatar properties in the parks. I don't even so, know what that means. So like I guess when you go to the world of Pandora at Disney's Animal Kingdom, you are in a story of Avatar that has not been told yet. Am I not? Okay. Okay. So it's it's not based on the Avatar of Avatar 1 or Avatar 2. It's based, I guess, on Avatar 3. But it's still like the blue people out in nature, yes, right? Yes, but there are things that they put in the land that are going to make sense when you see Avatar 3. Okay, so is this like how Batu isn't really in Star Wars? Yes, yes. And so, but if they did a Batu show... You would start seeing things that you saw at the well, Black Spire app, you know. Yeah, and that, didn't they do like a mention, or didn't they, like the 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 Star Cruiser make a cameo in Mandalorian so. or something? I think, right? I think so. Right, they're trying to like you know put it in a little bit like to the canon and stuff. Okay, so, so Cameron is going to do that with the Pandora Land at Animal yes. Kingdom, 
and what we presume will be at Disneyland, that's going to be an Avatar 3, which is coming right. in two Christmases. Yeah, so and so that's why I'm wondering if Disneyland is now saying, well, that makes sense. If this is we are talking about the number one and number three movie of all time, we need to have it at all of our parks. Is that what they're thinking? Is that what the marketing people are thinking? Yes, right. I mean, we, with this how many things are the same at Disneyland and Disney World? Many, many things, right? Many, I mean, there's many, a lot yeah. of repli- there's a lot of yeah. things that are replicated at both uh, at both parks. So, I it, just I do people get excited when they walk into the world of Pandora? Like, are you excited because you want to see the Navi, or 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 are you just like, oh, I just want to go on that ride because I heard it's cool? I'm just, I, it just, it's it's shocking to me because I just don't hear people ever talk about Avatar ever. Yeah. Not like even when Titanic was out, everybody was talking about Titanic. When Star Wars was out, everybody was talking about Star Wars, even the, the most recent sequels, which were not great. You know, like people talk but Avengers. You heard everybody talking about that. Spider-Man, whenever there's a new one, people talk about it. Jurassic Park, even though the last one sucked, you heard everybody talking about it, right? Like it was big. I'm trying to think of a, of a themed land of an IP I have no familiarity with. Right. Anywhere else. Hmm. Right. I'm trying to think like I'm, I'm thinking about Universal, the different IP that they have. Right. Like I know what The Simpsons is. I know what Harry Potter is. I know what Marvel Comics is. I know what Jurassic Park is. Um, Disney. I'm, I'm like what I know what the Pixar movies are. I know what cars are. For me, it would be the Fast and Furious. I know those movies, but I don't know the characters like I never got into those. So if I went and saw that show which a lot of people say don't go see it. But if I went and saw it, I would not know who's in oh, it or who those characters it's, are. It's generic tough guy jumping off the roof of a car onto a helicopter. That's yeah. – you are you know it now. Right. Okay. There we go. <laughs> okay. But yeah, but that's not a land. That's a ride. Right. Like right. A whole so land, you're talking about a whole a land. A whole yeah. land that you're not familiar with and don't know. Like even ants. <laughs> right. I remember going to ants. The or yeah, not not, not yeah. ants, Bugs Life. See, I don't even right. know. But I remember right. going to Bugs Life. And I like was familiar enough with that even to understand what was going on. Now you're gonna be confused about Minions Land if you don't if you don't start watching those. I need to I need to hurry up and get it or get Emma in. That's that gonna so be can, a problem yeah, for you. Right. Because I did go see the Despicable Me attraction at um, uh-huh. at Universal and I was confused because I didn't okay. know any of the characters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I've I've watched a little bit of I don't, maybe I haven't watched actual Peppa Pig, but I've watched like the horrible YouTube like fake Peppa Pigs. <laughs> so but yeah, right, right. Peppa right. Pig Land might do that to me. Like I yes, even know Lego, so. right? Like Lego Land. Like I feel like anybody who doesn't know Lego would be confused going into Lego. Yeah, uh, yeah. A, a Lego Land park. Yeah, hmm. and and I hope people don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that like the Land of Avatar is trash. I think it's beautiful what they've done and amazing what they did with the floating mountains and stuff. I think that's great and the attraction is you know out of this world. Uh flight of passage and stuff. So I'm not saying that all of that stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even mean that. But yeah, you know what? It's like didn't even mean that. It's just it it's it it's great what they did. I'm just shocked that there's more of it coming because I don't feel that the IP has penetrated society as much as maybe they think well I'm, and maybe, yeah, I'm, maybe I, i'm wrong i'm pandora avatar who are these people that's what i want to know i don't i have not met you i have not met the, the avatar people um and th- i think that's the point of confusion and i would like to be one of you i think because i like to be a part of culture right yeah. I, su- I succumb to peer pressure if everybody's going to see something i have to go see it i'll go see it just to be a part of the culture but I haven't felt that pressure with Avatar. I really yeah. haven't. Even, the numbers keep coming up and it's like a billion dollars or whatever. And it's like, 
who's who is this? Who's going? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know these people. Apparently, people are, and and people listening to the show are like, I love Avatar. I've been eight times, and I'm a Navi myself. I've been myself blue. I'm looking like, uh, I mean, when Star Wars comes out, I need a new Star Wars. There's like ton of Star Wars toys in Jurassic Park. I'm looking at Avatar toys right now. I mean, there aren't that many. There are like little models, and I guess there's some of the vehicles. Do kids but, play with toys? I don't even know. But I, I, I mean, don't you know got kids. Do do little kids? My my kids are teenagers. They don't play with toys. Do your kids play with toys? I mean, like, you know, kids toy, like, cause I've, I've got I mean, a four year old, like the, we, they got like the play kitchens and the Barbie dream house and all that junk. Yeah. I mean like Play-Doh and, and things like that are, or what's Avatar Play-Doh set, not Avatar Play-Doh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just looking at the things that, you know, there's, I've got my can of unobtainium Play-Doh. Yeah. <laughs> that was a nice pull though. I mean, I, <laughs> that's about as much as I can do. All right. Let's do some quick hits. Hey, here's some good news to start things off, especially for you, EB, because you're heading to this neck of the woods. Lost Island Theme Park in Iowa. On their opening date, every single attraction will be open. Yeah, this is great. So they had their log flume, the super flume last year that was supposed to open. I mean, this is the ground up park that was delayed. Um, They had a half a season last year in Iowa, in Waterloo, Iowa. Um, And... Their log flume caught on fire as it was under construction, so it didn't open. Um, uh, Mon- Montagu, what is it? Montagu is the uh, the the launch coaster that they're bringing from overseas, but it was delayed by supply chain issues. So the park opened late, half opened. Their their attendance numbers, Mike, were in the hundreds. Yes, <laughs> it was yeah. really bad. But this year uh, is going to be the year for Lost Island. I hope we'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're opening. I think it's Memorial Day weekend. It's going to be their opening weekend, and I'm going to get up to Lost Island um, this summer. I've already got my plans. Um, I think I'm going up at the end of July. I want to say twenty first, twenty second, twenty third that weekend. Um, I'll be up in Iowa, but I'll also be going to Adventureland, which again. It's really strange, right? Because Iowa is not really a theme park destination state. And there's a brand new park that is built two hours away from another pretty good park at Adventureland. Oh, so yeah. I'm hoping Lost Island can pull this off and, and actually have a good season like they're they're hoping they're going to have. Um, but we'll have to see. But I am going to get up to both of those parks, I think, at the end of July. So it's going to yeah. be great. I'm rooting for them, though. Really, I am, too. It looks really cool. I, did they w- yeah. did they win the golden ticket last year for best um, best children's attraction or something like that? I think because it's. It's a beautiful park, well thought out with the lands, the themes. Um, it's very Avatar, <laughs> right? Yes, because it's yeah, got a lot yeah. of like, right. you know, fantasy and nature and that sort of thing. But it's cool. So I can't wait to go and tell everybody about it. Well, the dark ride itself, I think, is is worthy of just a trip. You know, Volcano, from everything I think, that, yeah. yeah, right. I mean, you know, that, and that is kind of in the icon of the park mm-hmm. there in the center. So I think a lot of people, I know it sounds weird, but a lot of people were waiting for the launch coaster to operate before they showed up. And I think a lot of people who listen to this show and people from around the country before they go, they wanted to wait. Um, so I think now that they have, you know, they're uh, have that operating the flume operating all the other rides. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for them because the thing that I like that they did is they didn't just buy off the shelf stuff and just plop it down. They mm-hmm. heavily themed every single ride to the different realms that they have there. Um, so they, they made an effort, man. And I'm, I'm rooting for them. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I'm I'm excited to be able to get out there and and see how it is. Um, If it's successful, it'll be great to be there their first full season. If they fail and fold in a year, I'll be glad that I got there before it happened. Yes. (laughs) So, yeah, make your plans now if you want to come up and see me for like a mini meetup or something. The the weekend of the 22nd, I think, uh, in July is when I'll be up in in, uh, Iowa. 
Yeah. You're working on some good theme park trips this year. Yeah, I like to make plans in advance, Mike, so it's happening. I've got some good plans. Yeah, this is good. We'll we'll talk about that as the season goes on here, but you've got some great, great trips coming up. This is really good, really good. Uh, Maybe if you figure out if you can get to Atlanta, uh, you can be there on March 31st or any time after that because at Fun Spot Atlanta, that is where Airy Force One will be open. March 31st is the opening date. That's great. End of the month. And uh, this is a ground up RMC that I think people are really looking forward to. Remember back on our Arthur Levine 2023 preview episode, we said this could be the best new attraction of 2023. So this is one people are waiting for. And March 31st is kind of sooner than I think maybe people thought it was going to be coming to fun spot Atlanta. Good for them. They've got that thing testing. You know, they're getting doing what they need to do to get it up and running and not like opening in July or August. They're Mm -hmm. opening this thing March 31st. That's good. Even before Memorial Day weekend. So good for them. man. that's great news. Yes. Uh, Another quick hit here that everybody is very excited. If you are into Disney attractions and what's going on at not only the Disney parks, but also the cruise lines and anywhere where there's uh, creative endeavors at Disney, uh, Bruce Vaughn. Uh, who used to be an executive with Disney Imagineering, has now been brought back by Bob Iger to co-lead Disney Imagineering. Ooh, I'm looking at an article right now that is talking about Vaughn's accomplishments. I'm not familiar with. I mean, you're the you're the you're the Walt hugger. You know these Imagineers and and what they've done. But he, I guess, was at Imagineering for 22 years, is what this article is saying. And he, yeah, um, he led the project for um, Disney Quest, which I don't know is a great thing to have on your resume because that didn't last. But he also did the Spaceship Earth uh, refurb. He was the co-head of Imagineering and chief uh, creative officer for nine years. Um, yeah. And during that time. Um, Disney, of course, they did Shanghai Disney Resort, New Fantasyland at Magic Kingdom and Pandora, which we were just talking about. Um, that was all him. Yeah. So all of this great modern creative stuff that they've done. I and mean, there have been different golden ages of Imagineering. But I think this sort of modern era where all of these wonderful things were done were under his leadership. And now he's going to co-lead Imagineering with the current president. And her name's Barbara Buza. And she's fantastic with finances and with budgeting. So they're saying with him sort of taking a creative lead and her kind of taking the financial lead, things are in really good shape. And so Bob Iger has kind of put these two together and it's really going to work. So a lot of people are very excited um, who are yearning for more of that creative energy coming out of Disney parks and resorts and cruise lines and anywhere else there's creative stuff going on at the company. Well, this, I mean, this Vaughn guy, he was the, the co-head of Imagineering and chief creative executive over Pandora World of Avatar at Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's bringing him back just as he is teasing the idea of Avatar, another Avatar land. Yeah. See, that's it's, not a coincidence, yeah. right? Right. I don't think so. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. So, okay. So anyway, yeah. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what we get in the next five years or so, you know, as he sort of gets in there and. Mm-hmm. asserts his creative vision again very really cool good. awesome yeah. i like that bob Iger stepping in and like you know fixing these, these things quickly and not just letting letting things fester uh he's kind of like saying hey here's here's where the problems are i'm listening i'm gonna fix it it's good i hope so i hope so turn th- turn things around because people are worried about disney right now yeah for sure all right you know the um you went down to six flags new orleans um recently right you got a chance to kind of look around before the police shoot you away 
Yeah, that was, I think that was a few years ago, but yeah, I did actually go down and actually see the site itself. It was kind of fun to see the, the old sign that was there that says, you know, park closed for storm and the, uh, the chain link fence that goes around. And we did, we parked and we walked all the way up to the, uh, the closed and padlocked chain link, uh, fence and saw the uh, security guy guard roll by in his car down there. Um, the old six flags. And this is cool news. It's been a long time coming and it's been, popping up every once in a while. Somebody's going to do something with Six Flags. Somebody's going to do something with the old Six Flags New Orleans. And Mike, somebody's going to do something with the old Six Flags New Orleans. It's not just a rumor. It's not just in the works. It's approved. It's happening. Yeah. A group called Bayou Phoenix has basically gotten the contract to redevelop this area where Six Flags used to be. Uh, The proposed plan is has a call for sports parks, a recreation area, a hotel, and other business developments. So I think the only people who are probably sad about this are the uh, movie companies and production studios who like to go there and use that area uh, to shoot, you know, derelict theme park movies or, you know, a lot of um, uh, production companies and movie studios use the parking lot at Six Flags there uh, because it was just this big open area and they could build sets. I think for Jurassic World, they actually built sets on the parking lot. Yeah, it wasn't the actual park itself. They were just using the actual parking lot, and it's got all of the overgrown trees and things around it, so they could fake it like a jungle. I think is what yeah, was, the, yeah. was the idea. And Planet of the Apes, I think the new Planet of the Apes was was shot there. You know, however long ago that was. Um, that movie, The Park, that's streaming right now. That was just shot there. I talked about that on Theme Park News. But this is this development that's coming from the uh, the 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 Bayou Phoenix folks. This was one that was one of several. That were the finalists for the new mayor of New Orleans. I forget her name, but she was she was like, we're going to do something with this site. I'm getting these proposals in. We're going to make it happen. And now it is actually happening. It's kind of lame that it's kind of like uh, soccer fields. Yes, that's fine. You know, I know. It's, 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 yeah. it's going to be a sports complex like a lot of these cities. A lot of cities have these so they can attract um Tournaments, right? Tournaments, this is, yes. this, is uh-huh. this is the idea. Just like a, a good city will have a really good um, expo center or conference center to attract um, conferences and things like that. A city also typically will have some sort of major sports complex to attract these national competitions for like soccer or lacrosse or, or, you know, little league games and things like that. And that's what this is, is there's going to be the sports complex. There's going to be a whole retail area. There's going to be a hotel water park. Um but it's not an amusement park and it's not anything super exciting. It's kind of, eh, okay, cool. I guess it's yeah. good. Yeah. Not for me, but it's good for, I know. good for yeah, New I, Orleans. It, it's a bummer. I mean, when you think about what was once there and there were some excellent rides there and it was so great for the city. And I know Jazzland was trying to like come back and do something. You know, there was their uh, social media. They were mm-hmm. pushing hard for their plan to bring back a theme park and, they had pictures of what they wanted to do and stuff. So I'm bummed for them because they had a dream to put a park there for New Orleans. And It sure would be fun for them to do something with the old site yes. before it goes. And I don't know what that would look like if they would just do like a week of like bus tours. Like how fun would that be just to like ride a bus through the park? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then they just have, you know, not people walking around where it's not safe, but just do a bus tour. Like how many people would get on a bus and pay 50 bucks a ticket? To ride around with somebody like on the microphone giving you a tour of the park. That would be so oh, much yeah. fun. Or even better, let's get in there and chop up these rides and sell them to people, right? This is the new trend. I think we people, should do yeah. that. Let's do oh, it. Yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. I mean, think of how many people around the country 
would want a little piece of something or even in that area, you know, if you well, grew the, up. The, the saga of Six Flags New Orleans, it's not just a park that closed down. It's no. a dramatic tale that spans decades. I mean, yeah. that's cool. Like, I never went to that park, but I would want to have a piece of memorabilia to to kind of hold it in my hands and, and remember yeah. it because it was a cool thing that happened for a long time, that story of that park. Um, and, yeah, so I hope they park. do something or, or maybe leave something behind. You know, right. That would be really cool. Like just leave a piece of the steel coaster or, you know, build some sort of really cool, you know, patio structure where the carousel stood, something like that, that just reminds people of the old park. That's a really good idea. If you left something that people could walk by and say, oh, that's like a remnant of the old park. And it was, you know, built like with a with a nice sign there or something that said, you know, about the tragedy that happened. With the levees breaking. So, you know, like, like, I, I think that would really be a nice thing just to say, hey, there, there, something used to be on this spot that meant a lot to a lot of people, you know, and, and, and something you could go and see. I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. Leave an old rusty flat ride and then paint a red line where the flood level was. That would yeah, be sure, so cool. Sure. That it, would it be would, really cool. Yeah. I mean, just to show what it was. I mean, because the, the tragedy of that place is incredible. What happened when you see like how high the floodwaters were and it was and that was like a beautiful park that people went to and, you know, had had been to days prior and then it was done and it was just underwater. And then when the water receded, just what it became like, that's why that closed for storm documentary and even some of the uh, urban exploring people did was just fascinating well, to see that in that in that state. And 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 of course, I mean, the, the tragedy of, of the the event itself, the disaster itself, it would be nice if there was something, you know, yeah. at this at this um, complex that remembered that as well. And maybe that's like a small museum in the hotel area or or the retail shopping area. There's there's some sort of um, space for that as well, because I think yeah. the Six Flags New Orleans site, I mean, people are like, it's an eyesore and it's awful. And blah, blah, blah. Well, it's also stood as a monument to that horrible, horrible disaster that took a lot yeah. of lives. So yeah. Oh, yeah. Some, something should be left behind. They shouldn't just wipe the slate clean and build something big and beautiful there without something there to remind people of what once was there. I'm with you. I'm That's, with you on that. That'd be, that'd be cool. All right. Come on by you, Phoenix. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they do. That's a great idea. EB. Cool. Uh, one last thing. Um, I, of course, uh, had a review of Peppa Pig theme park uh, in central Florida uh, about a year ago. Uh, got a chance to go there on opening day, and it was just a beautiful park, a beautiful experience. Uh, so fun to take my daughter there who knew Peppa Pig. And like it was fun, like even though I know the characters just by looking over her shoulder as she watches things on her iPad. Uh, but to see her walk into a park and get so excited by every single thing she saw because it was something she saw in the cartoon was mm-hmm. really, really fun. And I could tell it was going to be a hit. And it must be because they're building another one, EB. Yeah, this is so cool. And talk about a themed land that people know. This is a themed land that kids know. I mean, this is this yeah. is this is your target audience right here, right? Like you know this, you know this stuff. So Peppa Pig theme park coming to North Texas. People are like, did they know about Universal <laughs> building <laughs> their park like literally right down the road or were, you know, was the how did this happen? But we'll see who gets there first. That's going to be interesting to see um, the whole idea of these micro parks. I think Arthur Levine, our good friend, Arthur Levine about theme parks, um, wrote an article about uh, the micro park trend. And is this going to be something that we're going to continue to see? Because this looks like it's going to just be a lift 
of yeah. the Peppa Pig theme park, but it's not attached to another big park right next door. It's just its own thing. And they're going to plunk yeah. it down and it's going to work. I think it's going to work. And it makes me wonder how many of these they can build. I mean, they could put these all over the place, right? Because it's fascinating that it's not attached. I mean, there's a water park next door, but it's not like part of a resort or anything. So could well, you build Peppa Pig theme parks everywhere? I think what's what the appeal of a preschooler park is the fact that the audience continues to age out and yes. age back in. Yes, right? yes. So you can have a Peppa Pig birthday party when you're two, three, four, five, and then you're too old for Peppa Pig. Right. But your kid sister is three, four, five. You know what I mean? Like you're you're always cycling in new kids because it's not like something that you have to keep fresh forever. Like you do have to, you know, like a major theme park, like a King's Island or something, you have to keep it fresh for the adults and get the same people to come back. A micro park for preschoolers, you don't need the same people. The next people are going to come. The next kid's yeah. going to come. The next kid's going to come. It's brilliant. And it's uh, clean and fun and different type of attractions. I mean, you've got the roller coaster, but you also have that fun dinosaur ride that's on the single rail. Uh, you've got like a little water park feature. You've got a playground feature. It's just a, a show uh, that was so fun and hilarious with Peppa Pig and her you know, friends and stuff. Just really cool stuff. I mean, and that's coming from a dad uh, who's got kids who are this age. So I, I think it's great. I think it just means... More are probably coming. And yeah. I like that. And and that other Universal Park, which also got approved this week, only forty miles away. So you know that's yeah. kind of kind of interesting. You could could make a trip and visit both. It's going to be interesting when Coaster Damas comes around again. When we're predicting what's coming next for theme parks, um, if these parks are successful, maybe that's going to be a sound prediction. Is that more of this Universal and Peppa Pig parks, but also new IP popping yes. up all over the country. Absolutely. Making small parks. Yeah. Yeah. The micro parks. Very cool. Could be what's coming up. I like it. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, uh, we've got a trip report. Uh, We've also got some conversation about something interesting at Cedar Point. And uh, it was something we were excited about that was happening at Cedar Point, but it's no more this year. Mm -hmm. Plus, we are going to announce an online happy hour that we are having here at Coaster Radio. We haven't had them uh, since the pandemic. Uh, But we're going to bring them back, and there's a special reason for it, EB. It's going to be fun, yeah. Yeah, we'll be right back. This is CoasterRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the original Theme Park Podcast. You are listening to CoasterRadio.com. My name is Mike, here with EB. And why don't we uh, kick things off right now, EB, the second part of the show, with an announcement uh, doing something we haven't done in a long while, but you and I are pretty excited about it. Yeah, so we're going to do another CoasterRadio.com happy hour. This was something we did during the pandemic to get everybody together uh, when we couldn't actually do in-person meetups. We had a happy hour or two. Uh, let's do another one, Mike, but this time it's going to be because we recorded some fun content at IAPA that is going to require some interactivity with the listeners. So this is going to happen on Thursday, March 23rd, from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock, we're going to have a Zoom link for you guys. You can find it at happyhour.coasterradio.com. I don't know if you have to pre-register, if you just go there um, on Thursday, the 23rd, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Um, but that's where you're going to go, happyhour.coasterradio.com. What we basically did was when we were down at IAPA, we talked to um, – we did really quick interviews with some of the booths that were down there and then asked them to tell us two truths and a lie about their company. 
And that's going to be the game. We'll have listeners pulled out of the happy hour to play the game. Everybody else in the happy hour can kind of watch and witness the behind the scenes of how the game comes together. And you'll have the opportunity to not only uh, share a drink with your fellow coasterradio.com listeners and myself and Mike, but you might get pulled out of the crowd to play a game with us that will be then played back on a future episode of Coaster Radio. So great. I love this and idea. Win a prize. Yeah. How about that? And the game is actually really fun. You did some fun interviews there, and uh, you actually get to learn a little bit about some of the exhibitors at IAPA at the same time. So a, a fun game that's educational, fun, and yeah, you get to win a prize, too. Yeah, and I think I think we've got like a dozen of those. So if you if you come and you join happyhour.coasterradio.com Thursday, March 23rd at 8 p.m. Eastern, um, odds are pretty good that you might get pulled out to play one of the games. Um, and again, 12 different games are going to get played in 12 different episodes of coasterradio.com in the weeks and months ahead. We'll drop those uh, drop those game show segments into those episodes and everybody out there is going to be able to hear them. So it'll be great. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So happy hour.coasterradio.com register uh, because I'm not sure if zoom puts a limit on it these days. We'll have to check into that. Uh, but uh, I know at one point they were like saying a hundred people or something could be in the happy hour, but maybe it's more, I don't know, but it, go ahead and register. And that way you'll get that reminder uh, to be there at eight o'clock on the 23rd. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And you can win a prize. So come on. Yes. How about that? Cool. <laughs> uh, we love the live trip reports. We're trying to play a couple on each week's show. Uh, we've got one here that we'll play because we want to get into some uh, discussion uh, right after this. But I like it when people get a chance when, you know, they're from one country, but you get to go and experience theme parks and thrill rides in another country. And that's what Al was doing. He's on an Australian coaster tour. This is something <laughs> I've always wanted I, to do. I thought I looked at the rundown and I thought this said A.I., yeah, <laughs> on an Australian coaster tour was the trip report. I thought somebody typed into chat GPT to give us no, an Australian no, no. trip report. No, it's Al, A, lowercase L. Got that's it. Right. Okay. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, not not the artificial intelligence, but and not the artificial Al, the real Al uh, here on the coaster tour. And he called in with this trip report. Hi, Mike and E.B. It's Al from Lehigh Valley on a four park Australian coaster trip. I'm on day two at Warner Brothers Movie Park. DC Rivals Hyper Coaster was an amazing coaster. It's the tallest one in the Southern Hemisphere and fastest. Lots of good airtime, nice elements. Uh, the Green Lantern coaster here also was very unique. Everything's very nicely themed here. Yesterday was at SeaWorld on the Gold Coast. Uh, Leviathan, the new coaster this year. Uh, it's a Woody. Uh, it did not disappoint at all. Amazing theming. The uh, surprise there was the um, Storm Coaster. It's a mix of a uh, coaster, dark ride, and water ride. Uh, check it out on uh, YouTube or something. Uh, the operations are great here. Um, our regional parks need to learn from the Australians. Uh, they fill up every seat on the coasters, and they don't charge you any extra to park. Love the podcast. Um, off to um, Dream World tomorrow to ride Steel Taipan, and then in two days I'll be in uh, Sydney Luna Park. Take care. Bye. All right. So thank you so much, Al. Listen to that, EB. Having a great time. Four parks. I mean, imagine all those new rides you get just in one coaster trip. That's really, really cool. Now, it's, it's funny, though, too. You know, if you had the opportunity to visit Australia, would you just go to the parks? I hope Al's spending some time doing some other things, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because if you're in, uh, that's a long plane ride mm -hmm. to get over there. So hopefully you're just spending some time. Mm. I'm looking at the uh, video of the storm coaster right now. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a ride I'd like to get get over there and check out. This is good. Very cool. Very cool. All right. All right. So yeah, I I again, that's like another area of the world that would just be fun to you got to go over there. Like that's a tough that one. Far, that's a tough one to get to. It's a tough one. Yeah, you <laughs> want to spend a couple of weeks there. You you don't go there for a couple of days. It's almost like you got to spend man, two or three weeks minimum, right? To see Australia as much as you can. It would be tough to get, yeah, it would be tough to go to Australia and not try to stretch that trip as long as you possibly could because you're probably yeah. not going to go back. Yeah. One thing well, we're going to talk about here at the yeah. end of the show. Oh, what's that? I was going to say, speaking of things that you're not going to get to do. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> that's a good transition because, yeah, I, I'm a little bummed out about this. I was wanting to see this and didn't get up to Cedar Point in time uh, because Cedar Point announced that they are closing their interactive attraction Forbidden Frontier on Adventure Island. Uh, it's been around for four years, and I think four years ago on this very show, you and I talked about how this was exciting, not only for Cedar Point, but for all of the regional parks to be doing this kind of interactive experience, interactive theater uh, with theme park guests who could come onto this island and interact with actors and do scavenger hunts and play games and, uh, you know, compete against one another uh, to... to you know, do something different that you that normally isn't done in the parks. And uh, it's it's I thought it was going to be a huge success, but it only lasted four years and now it's done. Yeah, it opened in 2019. So obviously, if you if you think about your recent history, the pandemic hit this really, really hard. Right. Real yeah. people live, interactive, up close and personal. That's not going to work during the pandemic. So that was the first hit that kind of got it. It was also weird and new and strange and people maybe didn't understand what it was. This was wasn't this where the old dinosaurs alive was yes. at Cedar yes. Point. So this is mm -hmm. the island that's right there next to Millennium Farce. Um, it was also kind of weird to get to, I guess. So you could kind of see the frontier town that was down there, but maybe you didn't know how to get to it. Um, and you didn't know what it was when you went there anyway. And there's so much Cedar Point to do that. Do you want to spend a couple of hours going in there and talking to a bunch of, you know, 20 year olds who are pretending to be hillbilly, you know, <laughs> pioneers? Maybe. I mean, it, it. like we said, when we talked about this at the beginning, we thought it was going to be really cool that you would go in there and it was like there's a plot line and the actors have like scenes that would be going off during the day that would interact with, you know, your actions and what you were doing. And so you could like deliver things and talk to people and they would know the plots and storylines of everybody else in the whole town. But it just didn't work enough or was just too expensive or was just too weird or Cedar Fair in general is pulling back on live entertainment. But it's done. Forbidden Frontier mm. is is no more. And if you missed it, you missed it. And Mike, I don't think we're going to see anything like it in a long time. No. And I, I just thought of something here as you were talking. I was kind of looking at uh, the, the question on the rundown. Why didn't this work? And I've got an idea of why this didn't work. Okay. Because it was free. <laughs> I really okay. think that if Cedar Point had charged $29.95 and made it a value, like you know, hey, this this costs this much money. Make it come on escape this island. room upcharged kind of a yes. thing. Yeah, like you will go onto this island and you will have this experience where actors will talk to you and bring you into the story and you will portray this thing and you have this much time to solve the mystery of the island. I bet you then not only is it successful, but it also makes money. It pays for all of those actors. Uh, it pays for any of the special effects or any of the upkeep of that island and stuff. I think because it was free, 
people could walk in and be like, what is this? I don't know what this is. There's some dude in a cowboy hat over there. I don't want to talk to him. Or I'm like, going to go back and ride Maverick. Yeah, because you would look at it and be like, oh, I would like to do that, but I've got like four more roller coasters to ride. Yes. Right? So when yes, you're like right. in the moment planning your day, but if I think you're right, if I was going to Cedar Point, let's say I'm going to Cedar Point and I want to get everything in, so I'm going to go for two days. Um, I'm on the website and I'm buying my ticket. I'm going to get the fast lane for the first day. I'm going to take it easy the second day, maybe get my all day meal pass or my drink bottle or whatever. Oh, and look at this. What's this thing for 1995, a two hour experience where I talk to cowboys. Sure. Let me do that. Yes. Right. Right. I'm yeah. in, I'm committed. I've made a reservation, right? Yes, if I'm right. at the park, I might not impulse walk in there and spend two hours, but if I made the reservation, I'm hyping myself up. I'm excited yeah. about it. I think you were spot on, Mike. What a that's that's, that's really what I think. Yeah. yeah. In, in that, anything that's free in a park, you don't have to do. You could like walk out of it. You could be like look in there and go, I don't want to do this. I want to I like you said, I've got four or five more roller coasters. You to have do. to weigh and, every single possible experience against every other possible experience. It's like when Mike goes to the theme park with his kids and he sees the playground and they run towards it, and you're like, Damn it. Yeah. Like, no, that's the no, wrong we have one choice. Of those. Don't There's go one of those there. in our neighborhood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we paid 70 bucks to get in here. Why are you going to that <laughs> playground? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what people say when they look down there at that forbidden, the forbidden frontier on Adventure Island, right? They're walking around. They're like, they got these multi-million dollar roller coasters looming over their heads. And they're like, what is that? A walking trail with some pioneer village? Nah. Right, right. Nah. Yeah, I, I think that's But if thing. you sold it as a $20 mystery interactive experience, totally, I'm all in. Oh, yeah. And what if you were like, hey, you go down there and you get a glass of moonshine and the moonshine is what you have to solve the mystery of. Can you imagine that? People start paying for that and going down there. I, I think that's what was missing is that there wasn't a value added to it. And, and that was the thing. And so I started thinking, like you asked, like, are, is this type of experience done at the park. And I think it is on the scale that Cedar Point tried to do it, but I think we're already starting to see parks do these interactive experiences, but for smaller audiences and then just charging a premium. And what I was thinking was the Burgermeister Hideaway at Bush Gardens Williamsburg. Okay. Right? Or, because, or how about those or how about the very complicated escape rooms down at Universal City Walk? Yes, right? That's another one. That's uh -huh. another one where it's a, a high price for just a small amount of people. Uh, but you don't need a lot of people running the thing. Um, I actually did the quick math on Burgermeister Hideaway, and I'm I'm probably wrong or off, but you know this is just uh you know quickly scratched out on a pad of paper here. But it costs fifty bucks to go to the Burgermeister's Hideaway. Okay, right? and for that there are two actors, one bartender, and one person pressing the buttons for all the special effects. So you've okay. got four cast members there basically. Um, and they have three drinks per person. So I, I think there were like around 25 people in the Burgermeister hideaway per show. So if you got $50 times 25, that's 1,250 times. Show. Let's let's yeah. So let's say they do five shows a day. Okay. I know they probably do less than that, but let's just say five shows a day. That's $6,250. Got it. So let's say that the drinks for the day cost $150. They cost the park that much. Yeah, it cost the park that much, okay. right? Uh -huh. Because like they're they're doing everything in bulk and uh -huh. those things are watered down anyway. The cast members, uh the actors, let's say they get 300 bucks per day. Okay. Uh the bartender gets 200 250, the director who's pressing the button gets 250. Let's All just right. say. So we're paying so, these we're not paying these people very well, but okay. Oh yeah, but let's just say that let's just, just say that's what I'm with is. you. 
So out of the 6250 now you've got a profit of $5,000 per so day. You only spent 1200 bucks on this. Thing. That's right. That's right. For the day. Yeah. And so then you've got $5,000 profit per day for an experience like this. If you just did that 40 days at your park, you've made $200,000. In 40 days. I mean, you're talking about just doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Yeah. 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 You yeah. don't even have so, to do Yeah. During the season. Okay. So, okay. So, so there you go. If you took Forbidden Frontier and you do the math on it like that, I mean, that obviously works out at, at um, Burgermeister's because you're charging 50 bucks each. So yeah. to your point, if you did Forbidden Frontier, you upped it a little bit to kind of make it a bit more exciting. Maybe you throw in a free moonshine and, you know, maybe there's a little gunfighting. <laughs> I don't know yeah, if it right. was already, but then you charge people 20, 30 bucks. Yeah, I think you got it. I think you're I right. Think that's it. I think that's it because th that experience, if you did the Burgermeister's Hideaway for free, you know, people might like walk in and be like, oh, I don't want to do this. I, you know, I, they, what are these two German guys yelling at me for? I'm going to leave and go right out. Yeah. Guys. Okay. There's a cuckoo clock and great. Okay. Bye. Right. 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 But you pay $50 for it. I'm going to stay the valuable. entire time. Yes. Cause yeah, I want because, my $50 worth. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's become something valuable and it starts selling out. Like people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is like a $50 thing. This must be good. I'm going to, it starts selling out. The word starts getting out. Oh, I can't get into this thing. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It must be great. Next time I go, I'm going to, you know, register early. That's why all those Burgermeister hideaways, man, you got to sign up for it weeks or months in advance. Well, and you have to make sure that it is the sort of thing that people do it and then say it was worth it. Yes, right? Because that could kill you. The word of mouth could kill you if it's not good. So that's what I think. I think we're going to start seeing, you know, smaller uh, catering to smaller groups, but charging a premium. And we will see these interactive experiences, even like the ones at Forbidden Frontier. They may have a whole island or a part of the island where you could go do these things. Uh, maybe they even make it part of that, like, um, you know, what what did they do? They did that, like, nighttime event at Cedar Point. Oh, yeah, knows, yeah, yeah, know? where they where they only had a couple of rides open, but they had the characters walking around the whole thing. That, yeah, sure. you know, like, maybe there's some things like that that are, like, interactive and, you know, to, that, that get people there at different parts of the day. I, I, I just think the parks are going to look at this a little differently, and I'd still like to see the regional parks take this on. Um, and I think there are a lot of people out there who would pay a premium for a different type of of experience in the park. Yeah. Well, I, th I think you just, you know, you showed the difference between Forbidden Frontier and the, and their Burgermeister hideaway right there. So maybe Cedar Point or Cedar Fair could make a Forbidden Frontier at a different park. I don't think you could just revamp it and charge money for it. People would be wise to that sort of a right, trick. Right. But yeah, you could yeah. just lift it up and take it somewhere else and say, you know what, let's make it better. Let's make it more compact. Um, and then we can charge money for it and let's see how that goes. And then you put it yeah. at a different Cedar Fair property and see how it goes. It could go really well. We'll see. We'll see what yeah. they do. Maybe they're like listening. They Maybe they're it. listening to this podcast right now. Yeah, you never know. But I, I like that, that they Mike tried Bella, it. He's really got a head on his shoulders. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's great. $50 times 25. That's great. He can do some math on a napkin. <laughs> he showed us how to do it. Great. <laughs> yeah, hey, Mike, right. will you send us that napkin? <laughs> I love it. Anyway, the, the so bartender we'll is like $250 a day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know I could be off on all that. That's just that's just like quick, quick math. But how much would a bartender be for a day for four shows? How much? I don't how know. Maybe talking? you're right. Maybe you're right. That's, that's expensive. Like four shows, four Do hours. You tip him? Do you tip the guy at the Burgermeister? I don't think anybody did. Hmm. Okay. 
Yeah. But he's just back there mixing like 25 drinks very quickly, like pouring it okay, out. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fine. I like it. I like your math. I think it's good. And I think it's the kind of thing, like you said, and we've been talking about this for a while, ever since the, you know, back in 2019, when they announced Forbidden Frontier, we want this to work. So Parks, figure it out. Let's make it work. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And by the way, so if that bartender worked a five hour day, if he did four shows, and let's say he worked uh, 30 minutes before, 30 minutes after, that'd be 50 bucks an hour. This this poor cat's got a six hour shift with no break. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Burgermeister, it's Taskmaster. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, here's the idea. We're going to take you, you're going to put you in a cowboy suit. Park <laughs> opens at 8 a.m., closes at 10 p.m. If you're down there, <laughs> you're, you got to do Root and Toot and Show and solve a mystery. And for back to back to back to back, and we're going to pay you 11 an hour. What do you say? <laughs> I know. I was, I was trying to give a little more to the bartender. There, no, I, but, think you, you know. I think your math was just fine. I think it's going to work. There you go. All right. Patreon.com slash Coaster Radio. There's perks. There's bonus content, all kinds of sorts of fun things. Um, you can join the Discord, which is like a new forum forum where you can chat with other listeners. And Mike and EB are in there, too, of course, talking about the, the podcast, but then everything else, uh, theme park and roller coaster related. Um, that's available at any pledge level. Any pledge level you want, you can get into the Patreon. But then there's also perks and bonus content that the rest of the pledge levels, 5 bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever you want to do. Whatever you think the show is worth, we would so appreciate it. Go to patreon.com slash coaster radio. And Mike, say thanks to all the patrons at our $20 level. Yes, Alex Payne, Brian Cosson, Brian Wackler, Chris Rankin, Cincinnati Nick, the sweatshirt guy, our friends at Club Z, CM Venom, Colton Lickerich, Dan Dyler, David Sakala, Dino, Elliot Atkinson, Grace, and John Brody. Also, Josh Combs, Karen Lee Hauer, and Kevin Gilbert, Kevin Wilson, Kyle Kiefer, our friends at Made to Thrill, Matt Walker, Michael Fuco, Paladillos Reyes, Randy McMurray, Rich Barber, Rick Burnley, Ryan Delaney, Shane Mankiewicz, Skyline Michelle, Timmy Young, Tom from Louisville, and Zachary Carpenter. Also, big thanks to our honorary executive producers, Tyler Ray, and our friends at the Coaster Challenge Podcast. That's right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, Thursday, March 23rd, 8 o'clock, happyhour.coasterradio.com. Register in advance and come uh, toast the podcast and your fellow listeners for a, a spring break happy hour. Go to happyhour.coasterradio.com. It'll be great. Thanks for listening to the original Theme Park Podcast. For coasterradio.com, I'm Neil Patrick Harris. Peace out, suckers. CoasterRadio.com is a production of Lift Hill Media, LLC. The show is intended for private use only and may not be redistributed or broadcast without our express written permission. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.